Are we recording? <laughs> oh yeah! It's like <laughs> a year from now. <laughs> Macho. Oh man, that's Vincy. I like that my kids know that I'm healthy and strong and fit, and that their mom is healthy and strong and fit. Like, okay, I can still get better without having to do a max effort every single day. Smashing yourself on the roller for uh, an hour. You're good by the next day, as long as you had a sandwich in the net. It's been like, two, like two months. Yeah. Oh, no, it's been longer than that. Maybe yeah. I thought it was May. Uh, I thought we finished in May. What was the last one we did? Paint. Oh yeah, that was definitely. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, that was yeah, at was least that ago. was at least May. Pre summer. <clears throat> yeah. Pre. Okay. Pre mended. We'll do a little uh, a little housekeeping too with Tom. Ow now, brown cow. <clears throat> okay. Okay. <clears throat> so we're good. This year for sure we're good. We're not. This is not just all. For Jason nothing. talking to yours again. Are we live? Are we doing this? Yeah, I think we're good here. Okay, welcome back um, to our podcast. I believe the last episode was in May. <laughs> uh, we took a little <laughs> summer hiatus for. Uh, oh, we're not gonna lie. We didn't really. <laughs> we didn't really want to make another podcast. Um, but yeah, so I feel like now is a good time for us to get back into things. Uh, first thing, there's a, well, you'll see in our Instagram when we post about it, but um, Tom's no longer here in the room with us anymore. Tom is Tom's sitting no on a cell phone <laughs> in uh, Connecticut. Uh, so Tom, uh, yeah, Tom moved back uh, because he was afraid of competing against Matt Brady uh, and outside the box. So he left to the U.S. and Matt Brady ended up winning outside the box. So it was probably a good idea for Tom. Um, Matt was quite confident he wasn't going to lose. So, anyway, Tom also went back because he got a job. So that's also <laughs> part of it. Um, but either way, uh, and Tom has his own. Um, yeah, he has his own uh, microphone with him <laughs> in Connecticut. So it's going to be quite interesting. We'll see if this first episode might completely be all over the shop, but um, it's going to be good. Uh, so the first, this first episode, we're going to dive into a pretty simple topic uh, for us and simple topic for listeners, um, and it's just about the concept of how bad do you want it, and kind of about two recent posts I made on Instagram, and we're really, I guess we'll spend a little bit of time on the first part of the post, uh, and the, and uh, probably maybe a little bit more time on the second part because it's a little probably a little bit less explored. Uh, so again, the how bad do you want it idea probably most popularized by a guy named Matt Fitzgerald in his book, How Bad Do You Want It? Um, and obviously it's, it's very popular and probably kind of a, a, run, a spin-off of that uh, idea. Um, obviously people know David Goggins, or you might have known David Goggins, uh, that type of idea. And then uh, some more familiar to fitness people, Matt Frazier with Hard Work Pays Off, which you know is similar kind of, similar kind of uh, thinking. Uh, but the book, How Bad Do You Want It, really portrays a bunch of different stories and talks about what individuals are willing to do or what they do uh, in, um, in pursuit of their goal and how, much, how hard people are willing to try to achieve a goal. And a lot of times your success can come down to simply that, like how, much, like how bad do you want this? How, bad, how, how, how much are you willing to try? How much effort are you willing to give? How much pain are you willing to experience uh, to try to achieve your goal? Uh, and then kind of later in the post, this same post, I just kind of try to make it uh, make it make sense because, you know, sometimes people get a little lost on that. So they say, uh, 
you know, how bad you want it is kind of, you know, almost directly related to how good you're going to do or some people try to portray it like that. And that is entirely not true because how bad you want it only kind of determines how well you are going to do for yourself and how good you can get. It doesn't say how much, how, if you're going to win or you're going to be the best in the world because that's just not how things work. Uh, you can't do anything just because you want to try to do it, but you can get better at it. Uh, and how good you get is, again, pretty much contingent on your efforts and how, how much effort you put towards that task. I, I guess that's probably, that's just pretty familiar to people, right? Like that, that, that. I, I think we have covered this. But, but yeah, but I missed just that, just that side of it, like literally how bad do you want it? That's probably the things that people just think of. Probably with the, with the exception of the last part, they probably don't add in the caveat. Yes, I can, I can't do everything. I'm not like someone can't say, if you try hard enough, you're going to make this, this, there's no guarantee of that at all. It doesn't matter how hard you try, you may not get there. But if you want to be as good as you can be, it's pretty much contingent on how much you're willing to try and how hard you work. And that is basically the starting point of everything there, right? That's probably pretty, I would say a lot of people would would hear how bad you want and probably think that, mm-hmm. wouldn't you think? Yeah, your, your willingness to, I don't know, it's always connected to our last topic of pain and, and everything like that. How, that's the first idea how much pain are you willing to tolerate to achieve your goal how much effort are you willing to expend or experience yeah tom i have like a story myself but just thinking about it um when we decided to talk about this it always brings me back to that time in 2017 when i came to the first outside the box and we were swimming in the pool it was Brittany, mike and myself and the lifeguard was asking us what we were training for. And we told him we were training for CrossFit. And then he started asking us um, if you thought I would go to the games. And uh, you, like, I felt the uncomfortableness of the situation <laughs> because you didn't really want to answer the question. And uh, I, I understood why. But obviously, Michael said that I wouldn't go if I was lucky, maybe in three years. Um, and then I remember like before I left, you had asked me if, uh, that bothered me, like hearing that and if it changed my perception of it. And I, I, it didn't, I told you it didn't. And I tried really hard. I changed my job and everything to try and just train as much as possible. I mean, I probably trained like I was going to go to the games, but, um, yeah, it never discouraged me because it didn't matter because I loved training that much. And so all that matters was trying to be as good as I could. So, Yeah, that's good. It's like if the, in a comp- competitive sense, the more you want it, the uh, how bad you want it, the more you're willing to sacrifice, the higher the strata you move into amongst other people that are willing to sacrifice as much as you. So it, it like... You're not just competing against yourself that you were. Like now all of a sudden, all these other people that you're competing against want it just as bad as you. Yeah. So it's like there's almost no, it's not like you're gaining some benefit. Now you're just actually putting yourself deeper into it. So you're fighting. The field narrows, but the yeah. the level of um, desire only increases. Yeah, everyone's in the same boat. Right. And everyone's grinding mm-hmm. and, and like, yeah. And it's very selective. The sport becomes a little bit more selective in that sense. Mm-hmm. As an aside to that, that's why I was pretty chapped that the uh, um, 
it's just very unfortunate in my mind that um, that Can West in 2020 was canceled because Tom was that was as fit as he's ever been going into that, and it's just yeah. too bad you never had a chance to you know try to finish first and qualify. Um, yeah, that's pretty much that's like the only real regret from that year. I'm like I wish that he that you'd had the chance to try to do that because you were firing on all cylinders and it would have been good, right? So, but you know. What are you gonna do? <laughs> now we're now we're sixteen months past, and Tom ran away, and I got another kid, and jeez. <laughs> um, kind of along those lines, though, what Tom said is actually probably more important with regards to the how bad do you want it. Um, again, a lot of people would hear people talk like, uh, and I, I, I I'm not gonna, I don't want to straw man David Goggins, but. It very much is like there's nothing that should stand in your way. Nothing's going to stop you. You can do whatever you want. Um, you can push and push and push, and you should always push. But the point I like to make to people um, is if you think of someone like David Goggins, someone like David Goggins is not actually that good at anything because you can't act like that and be the best in the world because you have to do something else. You have to constrain yourself. You have to focus your efforts and be smart about what you're doing all the while knowing, like me, me literally not training today is showing how bad I want this. I'm willing to take a break because I need to take a break, and I'm willing to I'm willing to exercise and overcome my ego and my anxiety of not of like feeling like I have to train twice a day every day. I'm willing to have the confidence in myself to say I need to break because that's going to make me better. I'm willing to exercise that. Um, and what Tom was talking about, like a lot of the a lot of the how bad do you want it idea, is not so much in pushing, right, and forcing and trying. It's about constraining yourself and setting things up. So you think of what Tom said. Like Tom was like, I'm trying as hard as I can. But what did he What did he say? He actually did. He reorganized his life, right? That's and that's the same thing that Matt Fraser would say. And you hear someone like Ricky Garrard. I listened to the podcast with him and um, what's that scientist's name? Oh, Chase Ingram. Um, (laughs) 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 I'm sorry. That just came to me. I was like, I can't let that go. Anyway, with that with that interview, um, you hear from Ricky Gerard. All you should take from that interview is that Ricky Gerard is probably chewing on rocks, waiting to compete again. He's just so amped up to compete again, and it's just funny the perspective that Chase has. And I'm not sure if he does it on purpose, but he was asking him like, "Hey, you know, after uh, after you cheated, did you like reach out to Matt to say you're sorry or talk about this?" And and I was super happy when Ricky just said. No. <laughs> I was like, good. And then Chase asked me about, well, did you reach out to Vellner and talk about it? And he's like, no. <laughs> and I also went, good. Like, what? this is a sport. Like, I, I wouldn't care. Like, I don't, I don't care if he, if he doesn't apologize to them. This isn't, this has got nothing to do with feelings. Like, for Ricky, it's probably all about, like, I'm, I'm here to prove a point that I didn't need those stupid supplements or drugs I, I don't think he needed that either. I think he would have finished third or fourth or fifth anyway. And he's probably going to finish top ten again this time because he's just that person. Like, there's going to be three running events. He's going to probably finish top three in every one of them. That's that's who Ricky Garrard is. He's a good swimmer. He's super strong. Um, 
I, I would not be surprised if he finished top five this year. He's just he's really good. But in, throughout the entire interview, you just get the sense of like he's so motivated and he's willing to do anything. But the real thing he points out towards the end is that now he's able to change his life around, which is a lot to do with how bad do you want it. It's not just go, showing up to the gym and trying your hardest every single day. It's about setting your life up in a way that allows you to try even harder and to try harder in the moments where it really, really matters. So for him, now he's saying that he's, well, he said that he has a schedule where he doesn't have to work anymore. So now he can just actually treat it like a job, which is, I think, is what he wanted to do, where I don't think he could, could do that before. So again, a lot of the discussions <clears throat> I think people need to have with athletes is both in terms of, you know, you need to constrain them in terms of, you said you want to do this, um, and one way that we need to do this is we actually need to train a little bit less. Like, let's just pick an example, some athlete who like loves running and they come to you as a client and they just run all the time, but they're also extremely fit. They're like, they're like, they're like 1% away from their goal. And you tell them, listen, you want to qualify uh, for a Wadapalooza through a qualifier. You have to stop running or you have to cut it down a lot because there's no running in the qualifier and the only thing we really need to improve on is like your power output and squatting strength. That's it. So you have to stop running. You have to give that up. Um, and that's kind of that's kind of a way. Which for someone who may fit this bill, they may not want to do that. They may go, but I really enjoy running, and I really like you know going. F- I really like running on Sundays or Fridays and and Sundays with my friends, and that's just part of my routine. Um, but then you can just look at them and go, well, you don't really, you, you said your goal is to qualify for this, but it's not really your goal, is it? Because your goal is also entertainment. Like you want to have fun and enjoy things day to day, which is obviously important. But you are unwilling to show me how bad you want it. You're not willing to do what we're, what's being asked of you. Um, that's the other side of the thing, which I think is a lot harder for people. Like a lot of people try hard and can try hard. And some people can't, and that's that. Some people that is their legit issue. They just they don't have it in them to try hard all the time, or try try as hard as as they can. But some people can't constrain themselves, and that's their problem. They just can't pull the reins back and and like literally just let themselves recover or let themselves do less, um, because there's something out there that just pulls them in, and they can't give it up, even though it's screwing with their overall goal that they state. And I'm sure you can think of examples of that. Like it could be any example. For some people, it could be um, like <laughs> one thing before my uh, before my last half marathon. Two things come to mind, and they kind of converge. Um, <clears throat> I like drinking beer, so for two weeks or three weeks, whatever it was before that race, I'm like, okay, I cannot drink any beer. <laughs> None. I'm not drinking any. I need to lose. I need to lose every ounce I can possibly lose. That's gonna. That's basically non-functional body weight. Um, what about it, your hair, dude? But that's part of the look. <laughs> so that's that's the confidence aspect. <laughs> so anyway, so I was like, I need to. I need to just basically stop drinking any beer until after my half marathon. You know, little ask. So I did it. And then the last one was, which I love doing. Um, I was supposed to go to. Uh, I, actually, Scott invited me over to his house the night before um, my race. I love going to those things because they involve chit-chatting and drinking. So it's like, it's a fantastic combination. And there was lots of the latter. Yeah. So for me, I just go, 
I can't. I have to tell him now. So I, I can't leave it till like Saturday because I'll want to go. But I know I have to I have to run a race on at seven thirty a.m. the next morning. So I have to tell him now. Like I just can't do that. I have to not do that. I want to. I really want to because I know it's gonna be a great time. But I can't. And I can't just go there. Even if I just go there and say ah, I'm not gonna drink anything, I'll just fatigue myself. My brain will be tired, and I won't rest. So I just I need to do that. And that's a small example. But that that's extremely important mm-hmm. in terms of success. Um. What's another example? Yeah, I, I just think of the clients that we have here that would kind of fit that similar bill that you were talking about earlier. Like they, they have these specific goals, but they have their hand in so many different cookie jars. And those are the type of people who are going to put their best foot forward in everything that they pursue. Mm-hmm. But as a result, they're not going to give their best to any one of those things. Right? And it's like the, you can, it's, it's akin to running fast all the time or running faster than you should all the time. So that when it comes time to actually, perform your best you're underperforming already because you don't know how to you, you're not allowing yourself to go hard now because you've yeah. you've exhausted your resources because you have your hand in so many different jars right so you know you want to you want to qualify for semifinals, for example but you know you're you're an avid biker who just can't put the bike away for example, you know what I mean? In yeah, the summertime. That, that's a great example. Right? Especially here in, in, in where we are. Like mountain biking's huge. Because it's fun. It's and it's so fun. Yeah. <clears throat> but for for some people it's that, not conducive. It's not conducive to say that goal of mm-hmm. if if it is semifinals. I'm just throwing something out there. But yeah. you know, that that's just an easy example of, <clears throat> of of something that could interfere with some of our clients' goals. Well, it's it's just super common when you start thinking about everyone's bias with regards to training. It's uh, everyone likes to do what they're good at, so they do more of what they're good at. And it's just the ego thing of burying that to spend the time to do the things that you don't want to do. That is, that's the simplest thing that goes back way to why, why we even have jobs, because we can be objective about it, measure this and go like, yeah, you, you don't need to do more of that. You need to do more of this. And so, I mean, even it still happens where someone will happen to oh, I didn't quite have enough time to do this one thing. So, but I still made time to do this other thing that I really like to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, then that shows that you don't want what your stated goals are more than you want to pad your ego. Mm-hmm. And I am guilty of that too. Well, who? Yeah, I guess who, <coughs> who isn't? Yeah, who wouldn't? Um, kind of along uh, what Scott was saying. Again, my dad brain doesn't have doesn't form short term memories, so I'm just gonna have to talk this out until I get to the point <laughs> I'm trying to try to think of. Um, yo, sorry, yes, thank you. I just thought of it, <clears throat> and yes, I just thanked myself. <laughs> so when You're Scott, so smart. So one of the so like to to really to make it like a more just a more full conversation, more nuanced conversation about what Scott's saying. So um, yes, we have lots of clients that hike and bike, and one of them example is a. Uh, 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 Elvidge and I was kind of chastising her a month ago about how she probably needs to hike less if her goal is to actually get stronger. She's got to cut it out. Um, not cut it out completely, but she has to cut it out a little bit. And she has because she's like, I want to get stronger. I'm going to do it. Um, and that was something I asked of her to cut out of her life to, to then so to basically free up some uh, recovery resources for her legs. But the argument could easily be made that Again, because it, it's it's not it's not a I always think it was not a free lunch. It's not just a hundred percent. So she cuts out hiking from her life. It's not all positive. There is some negative with that. Some negative could be something you're not accounting for. 
it's just you're just not thinking about what 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 like what is a positive aspect of her hiking it could simply just be her enjoyment it might just make her happy and that is an, that's an aside you have to balance right so but is it 50 50 no it's like maybe 80 20 benefit to like a loss by asking her to not hike but there there is some loss there hmm. right and and but and when you talk to someone about that you need to like it's important to acknowledge that to know that you know she's giving up something she loves or she wants to do um and just even just acknowledging that not treating it like i'm asking her to give this up and it's 100 percent positive like no it's not 100 percent positive there are downsides there's cost is it there's trade-offs everywhere you just have to look for them so like for tom back in the day when he in 27 or 2017 where he said where he switched his job around that probably created some anxiety somehow or some fear in terms of work or income or something somehow it probably created mm-hmm. that somehow but it did create the positive of he maybe could recover better or whatever right so it's just even, even those little things just to just to acknowledge everything just put it all on the table and go yeah i do understand you like it i know it's going to be hard for you to give it up because i do understand you like it but it is going to be more beneficial in terms of your training I had a similar conversation with a client kind of along the very same lines, but it was in, with respects to mountain biking, going back to that example. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, I'm just reading this out of a book <laughs> sitting on my lap. Um, no, but I, 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 the, the, the main impediment for her progress is her strength and she mountain bikes a lot and hikes on top of that. And so I just said, uh, are you planning to be on the bike as much as you planned originally and hike as much and she said yep i'm not giving it up and so then the conversation i just had to relay the message to her to make sure she knew i'm like well if that's the case if you're not willing to give i'm not asking you to give it up but you have to be aware of the fact that we're just going to try and maintain your strength then until the season's over because we're not going to get any stronger and you have to be okay with that just kind of tone the line staying the same and then when the season's over we can look at ramping things back up again because one you can't you can't train at the volume you need to to get stronger because you're not going to be able to you have you have no time to recover if you're not in the gym you're on the bike or you're on the mountain hiking mm-hmm. so it's not conducive to getting stronger yeah. and there was like yeah that's fine i understand and so here we come into the fall and the season's winding down it's still not done yet but things can start to ramp up a little bit but just just relaying that messaging to that individual yeah. to make sure that they were aware so that they weren't getting discouraged by the fact that they weren't getting stronger even though they know that that's what they need to do to progress in the sport Any other points on that one? I'm sure there's some other good little topics to cover. Oh yeah, it's this comes down to getting back to the Goggins thing of if you just want it more, you can do it. It's like no, every single person has a finite amount of resources mm-hmm. to to dedicate towards it, and it's like if you can change your job, awesome. If you can't, like oh, well you're not gonna want it harder in the gym and make it happen. It's just there's a finite amount of time, a finite amount of resources, what you're willing to sacrifice to achieve your goals. And then it just plays out the way that, like, it's almost, it's it's not like a predetermined outcome, but like, you can look back and see. Once, you've, once something's played out, you can look back and see. It's like, oh, okay, I could have done this or I could have changed this. But at the time, maybe you're blind to it, but mm-hmm. that's it. You're, it's still finite. There's no magic thing that you get and that's what social media kind of i think undermines that reality for a lot of people too mm-hmm. yeah and the last point i'll make there kind of what jason was just alluding to 
and I just uh, I wrote this up for our newsletter uh, for October. So if you're not in the newsletter, please go. No, um, <laughs> but part of the uh, the base the simple topic for the newsletter, um, which I think just goes out to all of our clients or whatever. I know Tom said he reads it every month, so that's good. <laughs> oh, do you actually? <laughs> okay, well, hit, hit, okay, well, I'm spoiling it for you this month because uh, you're getting it 12 hours early. Um, yeah, so the basic topic is um, along those lines, but a little uh, is that like with when you're talking with new clients or you're meeting with clients, and you know they're kind of they're telling you what their goals are, so they're kind of relaying to you this is what I want. And you're trying to de- kind of determine how bad do they actually want this, and what are they willing to do, or how much how much can we adjust their lifestyle around? Um, landing on like just a, a really specific example, landing on an appropriate training schedule for people, especially people who aren't competitive, is like ten out of ten importance. If uh, and when when you design someone's training and you talk to them, if you think of it in terms of I, I don't want to say David Goggins, but if you think in terms of this is what they should be doing if this is what their goals are. If they tell you that, listen, I have 30 minutes to work out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings uh, at a local gym before I go to my job, and then after my job, I pick up my kids and I go home. If they tell you you got 30 minutes and you tell them they need to work out one hour a day, five days a week, you're a failure as a coach. That's a complete failure. Because what kind of what Jason was saying is that there are certain things you can change and you can ask people to change, but there are certain things that cannot be changed. And that is an unreasonable ask for someone to go, um, yeah, I want you to train, you know, one hour a day, five days a week. And then they just went, um, I, I can't. Like I just told you, I literally can't do that. Or if you try to force them into 45 minutes or that type of stuff. So basically the, the whole point of the newsletter is just to get it across that a coach needs to talk with a client and be very clear on what their schedule is going to be and what's going to be really acceptable to them in their life. So especially with new clients and people who are kind of new to fitness, you want their training schedule and you want this new system to kind of just roll right into their life to make it real smooth and simple. So it just kind of fits with their life and it just goes with very little friction and it's really easy to implement. Um, and because in that, in that way, like you're asking people to do what they can do, right? Instead of asking people to do what they can't do. Uh, which is just a complete failure. But that's just kind of like a simple example of the how bad do you want it idea and going um, for some people, it, like it, it has to all align. Everything has to align. They have to want to try hard, but it also has to be, a- they have to be able to work in that direction continuously. It has to, it has to go that way. Um, and sometimes it's about pushing people and sometimes it's about constraining yourself. So, As a coach, you want to pay attention to because someone will say they want to do something and they can do something and then pay attention to what they actually do because they may not be aware of it so that they're like oh i can totally work out for 90 minutes and then two weeks into it all of a sudden they're like oh i missed this session i missed this session i missed this session or i had to cut this short then you have to be aware of like oh like they're not aware of what they're actually able to do to quote your post easier said than done (laughs) yeah well post (laughs) (laughs) we'll cut it at the easier said than done cut it there but uh, (laughs) the what post the what post I was like ooh thanks for tuning in if you like the episode and know someone else that will 
please share it with them as it helps to grow our reach. If you haven't done so already, please leave us a review wherever you listen. For questions about topics covered on the show or topics we haven't covered yet, send those questions to spiraloutpodcast at gmail.com. We do read the emails and have some topics that were submitted by listeners and we plan to cover them in the near future. You can follow at optimum underscore performance underscore training on Instagram to find out when new episodes are available. And last but not least, if you guys are in Calgary, come by and check out the gym. We offer individual design as well as personal training for those close by. If you live far, head over to optimumperformancecalgary.com to get information on remote coaching and athlete camps. Catch you guys in two weeks.